Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. It's so great to see you, Laura. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yay. So I am so excited because I've had some experience with you and your firm, Novus Global, uh, and it's just incredible. Like it is so amazing. So I want everyone to like take a deep breath. Be all here. <laughs> it's going to be so good. You're going to be able to take so much from this or take a couple of things that are going to be so uh, powerful. If your experience is anything like mine, and I believe it's going to be. Uh, and so we want to just really be all here and make this like maximum, as you like to say, Novus Global, maximum value. Uh, did I say that right? You did. Yeah. We are all about maximum value. Uh, yes. And do you remember, do you remember the full thing? Like where does maximum value come from? Oh, I'm yes. giving you a pop quiz. <laughs> uh, I'm, I think I'm failing. Uh, I don't know. No worries. Let's maximum okay, so value. As soon as I say it, you'll know because I think you probably have just internalized it so much. If you have worked with a Novus Global coach, maximum value comes from full participation. Um, so the okay. more that you put in, the more that you get out, right? And I, I mean, from what I know of you, I think that's just how you live your life. Well, thank you. Look at her. She was so nice about it. She let me down gently, and yes, that does ring true as far as full participation. Let's be all here and we can interact. And I can't wait to workshop what we're about to talk to you about, um, what Laura's going to talk to us about, but tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura. If we were going to sit down for coffee, tell me a little bit about you just a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, I'll start with the personal. So I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If you didn't already hear the Canada in my accent. Um, And I am married to Dan and I have three beautiful kiddos. Um, They are six, about to turn nine this weekend uh, Mm -hmm. and 11, two boys and a girl. And so we have a really busy house, lots going on. And uh, my husband and I are both coaches at Novus Global, and um, I'm an associate partner with Novus Global, which means that I get to coach people in a variety of different industries who are really excited about creating results that have up until that point uh, seemed impossible. Um, I get to, I get to help people talk about what is getting in their way, what would be amazing, all the conversations that in other kind of contexts might be avoided, but when we start to have them, they start doing things and creating change that really, really thrills them. So um, it's a really fun job. And sometimes I can't believe I get to do it. 
Ah, that's so awesome. Well, thank you for being here with us today. And the name of this podcast is really special to me because I, when I saw that it was available still, I was like dancing, doing happy dance. It's called making changes you love to live with. And what's incredible, I'm not like very nostalgic of a person. I'm just like, always like, all right, here we go. Let's do this thing. Let's be here now in the present. That's what I work on. But then I always kind of look to the future a lot. But when I looked back and I saw, uh, before I even started fitness inspired, I had made up these sheets for for personal training clients. And it it said, so it said at the top of the page, making changes you love to live with, like each of us, like what is the maximum value that we can get? And I just, I'm thankful that you're here. And I know we're going to about to take what you're going to talk to us about drum roll, please feedback, which that was so much of a blind spot for me that I didn't even know I had a thing about it or with it. So yeah, how how this came up for me and I'm, I'm going to have you like talk to us about, you know, receiving and giving feedback. And I was in a coaching session with Amanda. She also is with Novus Global and yeah. And there was another woman, she was coaching and I was just listening and I got so much from that. I was listening and taking notes. And of course, every question that Amanda asked her, I was like, Oh, what would I say to that? Hmm. And I realized the benefit of group coaching where you get to hear other people and, you know, benefit from their coaching. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Keep going. Exactly. Exactly. And so it was just like a switch that went off in me that I realized how I avoided feedback Mm. giving and receiving. And it was one of those miracle times, which we don't always get. I know in coaching that I was like, oh, you know, the uh, little mermaid moment where it just felt easy then to think about feedback differently. Right. So, yeah. So that was my experience with it. And I, that was just like a jumping off point. And I know I'll get more nuggets today too, but talk to us a little bit about giving and receiving feedback. And is this a thing that people struggle with, you know, at different levels of their life or talk to us about yeah. that a little. Oh man, you're open up a can of worms. Cause I could just talk about this forever. You're right. This is a big part of the work that I do with people and that we do with large companies um, start to notice how do we relate to feedback um, starting, starting there where it's like, Hey, let's not force ourselves into something without actually looking at how, through what lens are we looking at this? Right. So when we start to slow down and go, how are we thinking about feedback? Um, we can start to decide if it's helpful for us or if there are upgrades. Mm -hmm. And I want to be really clear If anyone on this call or listening to this podcast, you know, hates feedback, either giving it or receiving, no problem. Like you're not bad. You're not broken. Um, There's nothing wrong with you. I would suggest that there's maybe, I know, right? We're leaving. There's maybe a more stress-free way to look at feedback, which I hope we're going to be able to unpack and, and help you with today. So, I mean, I think the first thing to decide 
is, um, do you want growth in your life or do you want to be comfortable? Because mm-hmm. growth is inherently uncomfortable. And when we, when we slow down and look at it, if imagine there's a, a bullseye everyone has um, with either uh, comfort or growth at the center of it, right? Just, and I know it's a gross generalization. We could probably say there are some areas of my life where I want to be comfortable and there are some areas of my life where I want to grow, but let's just go large scale for a second and go, Hey, what's at the center of my bullseye? Is it comfort? Cause if it's comfort, you're probably going to hate this conversation. You're not going to want to do feedback. You're going to be like, no, thank you. Want to stay comfortable. That's over here behind my fence, you know, in my blankets and my couch, like in my house, not talking to people, which is fine. If that's what you want to do, no problem. And, um, if you want to grow, it's going to be stepping into some things that are uncomfortable and, um, So when we start to notice if we want growth, feedback is going to be a really helpful thing to figure out, you know, where am I missing things or where can I help others grow, right? Um, It's deciding that growth is our primary value is kind of the first step. It's like you, I mean, in, in the workout space, right? If you have people who show up to the workout space to be comfortable, it's not going to go so well for them, right? Right, right, yeah, exactly. So. We were just talking about that this morning. We we're like, get outside the comfort zone with this one, and then we can bring it back. And then we're gonna yeah. get outside the comfort zone, and then we can bring it back. So yeah, that's really cool. Absolutely. So could you? Is there a order that you like to go in of as far as what do you like to think about first, giving or receiving feedback? Where do you usually like to go with that? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter where we start, but I think it's again, starting to, and yeah, I mean, I'm going to be a broken record, slow it down. This is what we coaches like to do, like slow it down and start to notice. So like when I think, let me use you as a little case study, like, so when you think of giving feedback, what are the thoughts that I know, I know you've kind of, you know, spoiler alert, like you've seen some of this stuff, but let's maybe take you back to the the shoes that you were in before you had this aha, little mermaid magic music uh, <laughs> moment. Um, what did you used to think of as far as giving feedback? What would have been your, your thoughts around that? My thoughts is I never would want to hurt someone's feelings or be yeah. critical yeah. or yeah. come off as like rude or inconsiderate. Uh, even though my heart was always like, I want to help. Um, so that was always my go-to. I would never want to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Giving them feedback. And so I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel confident doing that unless someone was like, no, really, no, really asking me. And then I would use the concept of you know, very positive, which is easy for me because I see the good in, you know, a situation. And then I would, you know, of course do the, there's many names for it, but yeah. So if I want, I would just very enter it delicately. So go ahead. I can, I can be your guinea pig. What do you got for me? Yeah. Well, and, and, um, with receiving feedback, let's flip it. Then how would you have thought about receiving feedback? And by the way, I resonate with everything you just said. And I think I would add to that for me, it would, it would be like, what if 
I give feedback and then they have feedback for me and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So getting into receiving. So I think that, that reveals how I used to feel about receiving feedback. What, what would have come up for you around if someone said, Hey, I have feedback for you. What would have popped into your head? Freaked out. Because yep. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, it's something bad. It's something bad. I didn't do something as well as I could have. Ah, you know, I would just, yeah, yeah, I would probably, there's this tendency, there's this tendency to not want to fail or Mm -hmm. to, you know, it depends on the person, but like, think, think I've done something wrong. I'm in trouble. Like all of these things are totally normal. Like really what we're noticing is how does, how does a person's humanity start popping up? right? We're all human. We all have these conversations. Um, And I think that the first challenge that people have with feedback is they want to categorize it as true or untrue, Mm. right? And so um, it immediately puts a person in the position of, um, you know, categorizing it like that and not in actually considering what's being said, right? Mm. Um, So, if we can take some of the stress out of feedback, it's to actually view feedback as neutral. We say this all the time at Novus Global and with our clients, it's like feedback is neutral. Yeah. So just automatically your human tendency will be to say, oh yeah, totally. That's true. Or no, I'm not, or no, that's not how I was coming across. Just to slow it down and go feedback is neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not even true or untrue. But when you give me feedback, you're telling me how you see something. Mm-hmm. It's your it's your gift to me, really, of giving me your perspective of it. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. And I say a lot around fitness inspired, like data. It's data. Mm-hmm. It's neutral. Yes. Yeah. So, and data is always helpful. Absolutely. The fitness world lends itself to um, feedback and to the coaching work a lot. Cause we're going to, we'll talk to people about, Hey, it's like, you're in the mental gym. I'm going to give you questions. You're going to, you're going to lift the weight of these questions and you're going to feel the burn because it's not a question you've answered before. Um, And so feedback is absolutely data. And it's like, if you were, standing with someone at the squat rack and they were arching their back and you said, Hey, notice you're arching your back. Like they're not bad for doing that. They just are arching their back. And if they, you know, fix that, everything's going to be in greater alignment and, you know, it's going to work a lot better. So it's like, you're offering them a gift to, to share that notice and to give them an opportunity to adjust. Cause it's like, it's something that's getting in their way. Right. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. I wanted to introduce to you a few of my friends who are also entrepreneurs, small businesses who I think are making a great impact. Here they are. Christine Borst of Christine Borst Creative Studio here. I'm a professor and therapist turned creative entrepreneur, and I want to offer listeners of this podcast 10% off my Etsy shop featuring whimsical art and fitness inspired gear. Find links to my shop at christineborst.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, 
B as in boy, O-R-S-T, dot com, and follow me on Instagram at Christine Borst Creative Studio. Use the code FI2021 for 10% off your order. Hi, this is Courtney with Beauty Counter. On average, a woman uses 12 personal care products a day. This means we may be exposing ourselves to hundreds of chemicals and toxins before leaving the house in the morning. The personal care and cosmetics industry in the United States is unregulated, which means that everything we use from deodorant to body wash, lipstick, mascara is full of harmful ingredients. The great news is that it only takes three days of using safer products to see a decrease in your toxicity levels. Email me for more information and a 20% off code for Beauty Counter at cachambers3 at gmail.com. Sweet. Let's get back to our conversation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And if you want to, if everyone wants to just type in like giving equals and then some of the things you feel around it in the comments, receiving, same thing, I would love to, to see those. Um, see what you're feeling that way as well. Yeah. So I like that you say like, you know, one of the strategies, I guess that we're thinking about is like taking the stress out of it. And so one thing that is neutral, and that was just like a light bulb. Mm -hmm. That was where the mermaid song came from is like, if I just view everything as neutral and data, And yeah. not get so attached to the like overanalyzing it. Yeah. It was just really, really helpful. Another thing. Well, so do you have what, what are some other things that you can think of, of taking the stress out of it, of either giving or receiving? Does anything else come to mind? Yeah. I think the other thing is being really clear about, you know, what is my vision for how I want to, or like what I want to do in my life, what's important to me and how I want to show up. Right. Because if I'm clear, um, I mean, we can receive feedback in a lot of different areas. It's like, if I, if I receive feedback from someone, um, you know, in a friendship, let's say, and I have a vision for how I want my friend to experience me with what kind of relationship I want to have with them. And they give me feedback it's really helpful for me to know that and to weigh it against my vision. Right. And so it's like, um, (laughs) have you ever had someone give you feedback um, where you don't have a vision around that area? And you're like, great, thank you. I, that's not something I'm trying to grow in. Yeah. Yeah. I have. It's really flat, right? It does. In, in the way that's interesting. I've never thought about it in that way. I always thought that, Oh, I must have confidence in that area. But that's interesting yeah. because then that's placing value on good, bad, ugly, different. Yeah. It's placing a value on it. So I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inter- we'll, we'll often joke with clients or when we do trainings, it's like if um, someone gets feedback around, like if I were to give you feedback around um, what I think you're going to be like as a grandfather, you're going to be like, uh, <laughs> I don't have a vision for that. You know, this is weird. No, thank you. Right. So the, the more that the more that I'm clear on what I'm up to in my life, the more that I'm clear on the results that I want to create, on the impact I want to have, on the kind of person that I want to be in the world, on the kind of relationships that I want to have, 
the more that I can then weigh people's feedback against the visions that I have in my life and actually use it, the more, the more specific I can take it and use it as a tool. Yeah. That's so good. And then vice versa, when I'm giving feedback, it's really important for me to be clear on someone's vision, right? So if I just blindly offer feedback, that's actually not very loving to the person because I don't actually know what they're looking to create. I think I know, but until I get curious and ask, what is, what is your vision around this? They might say, I don't have a vision for it. It's like, oh, great. Never mind. You know, then I don't have feedback for you about it. And I, like, I misunderstood you, right? But if they have a vision for it and I'm seeing a way that, hey, maybe you're getting in your own way about this, or maybe this could be a blind spot for you, then I can offer that to them. Oh, that's so good. And one thing that I saw as an observer, I've seen you do, I've seen other coaches in my life do, uh, that my daughter just did naturally at age. Oh yeah. Well, kids do this. Uh-huh. She was, or she was seven at the time. Now she just turned eight, but okay. So let me tell you what happened and see if you like, I do, I can't imagine I did this well at that age. I am now trying to learn this because I see the value in it now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be so helpful and this is what's happened. This is what happened. I was just sitting on the floor and she wanted to braid my hair. Like she wanted to learn how to braid hair. And so she was braiding my hair. I was kind of teaching her things like that. And then my husband comes up and he's like, Oh, Hey, I want to try because I think he wants to bother braid her hair. Right. So yeah. he's like, let me try. And so he was trying and I can't see anything going on. It's my hair. Right. And right. so Addison was so cute. They're both behind me. And all of a sudden, Addison said in such a sweet voice, she goes, can I give you a tip, dad? And she waited for the answer. Yeah. And yeah. then, I mean, being the person he is, I don't know if Ethan was like, yes, but he must have gave some like, nonverbal to her. Like, go ahead, let's yeah. see what you got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so that's, you know, and then, so she showed him, you know, here's a little trick to it. And I just thought that was so magical that she said, would I give you a tip? It it was like asking his permission for feedback. Yeah. Well, she demonstrated that beautifully because I think the, the second biggest challenge that people have around feedback is that they don't know how to give feedback in powerful ways. And asking for permission is a huge thing. I I think we can all imagine times in our lives when somebody has given feedback without permission and it doesn't feel nice. It's like, Mm -hmm. whoa, you're, you're all of a sudden, you don't know what my vision is around this. I, you know, I, this is a lot. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll often invite people to say like, you know, some people are not going to ask permission, but what if you could be strong enough to take feedback in whatever form that it comes in. Um, Your daughter just exemplified that so beautifully with asking permission, but often our kids actually are more so the other end of the spectrum where it's like, they don't ask our permission, but they got a lot of thoughts, right? (laughs) They give us feedback all the time. Um, And so it's like, okay, I can receive that. (laughs) So um, I I receive your neutral feedback, (laughs) but uh, yeah. So I think um, learning how to give feedback um, in powerful ways 
and learning how to receive feedback in powerful ways is a huge upgrade to the whole feedback conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So someone is asking, and I, you know, sometimes giving feedback. So could you explain this on both sides? What if yeah. giving feedback feels like you're worried that it's judging them, even though it's not. And then the other way around, if you feel like this person is judging me right now, they are like, they don't know how it is right now for my life or whatever. Right. So could you talk to us on both sides of the coin there? Absolutely. So that is, that is a really great thing to slow down and notice in terms of like how we're relating to things. I think we often as humans, we go like, I want to avoid other people judging me and it's an impossible task. Mm -hmm. Everybody is judging each other all the time. That's just what it means to see things like to take in the stimuli visually, auditorily, like being with you. I am experiencing you based on my personality, my biases, my experience in the world, all of that. I'm filtering it through those. And then I'm creating an experience of you. Another way of saying that is I am having a judgment of you. Now that judgment might be, oh, you know, Kirsten's a really friendly person. That's my judgment. But I think we often use judgment as only negative things. Like it's negative to have judgments. Let's go neutral again with, we got, we all got judgments, no problem. That's what we're doing just as we live our lives. There's a difference between having judgments and living in our judgments, right? So if I am living in my judgments, I mean, you might say that's being judgmental, um, living in my judgments means I'm not curious about them. Um, I'm not open about them. It, I, I believe that how I see you is how you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if I have a judgment, but I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's true. Um, And I get curious about my judgments, then there's a difference to that. Right. So if we can, if we can kind of neutralize the idea of people having judgments of us, then it's like, hmm, like I wonder what your judgments are of me. Right. And then getting back to the vision piece, it's like, if I know how I want to experience or people to experience me. And then I get curious around, Hey, how are you experiencing me? And you tell me that's like, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just data. It's like, Oh, interesting. Your judgment was X. Like I get to, I get to decide what I do with that and, 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 you know, use it. So I I hope that again, I think that the the theme here is like, we're wanting to take the stress out of feedback. I hope that that takes some of the stress out of feedback where it's like your judgments or your notices. I mean, if we can even take away some of the stigmatized language around it is like your notices are a gift to people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, What if you find yourself, you know, because we all have patterns, right? And so even though this feels like There's so many things in coaching and challenging yourself and growth that you sometimes go back to your old ways, right? And so um, what do you have any thoughts about how we could take the upgrade, as you said earlier, take a step forward with it when we find ourselves getting like anxious around it again, um, or like have that come up for us? 
um, whether we're giving or receiving feedback, either one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, would it be helpful if I went through kind of, we have a little bit of a process to, to giving feedback would be helpful if I went through that. So people can take notes if they want. Um, but we've already gone through some of it, which is ask for their permission, right? Um, make sure that this matters for their vision. So align it to their vision, um, and then make it specific. So when we give people feedback and we're just really generalizing things, which yeah. we can tend to do, I think, especially if we're uncomfortable. Okay. Um, making it as specific as possible. When you were presenting, I heard you do this, and this is what I think about it, right? Giving really specific feedback. And then I kind of gave away the next one, which is use subjective language. Mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. my experience of that was as it occurs to me, because let's, let's be really, really clear. Every person is seeing the world differently. Like we mentioned the different filters, different lenses that we all look at the world through. So the, when I say, Hey, like I experienced you this way, that doesn't mean everyone's experiencing that you that way. It's very important for me to be specific. It's just how I am seeing it. Then it's the person who gets the feedbacks job to go, huh, is this a pattern? Are other people experiencing me this way? Now I can decide if I want to be curious about that and go seek other people's feedback on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So what questions come up for us? Um, And we'll take like one before we start workshopping this. Uh, I just think there's, it's interesting because I'm like, Old, I don't know if it's oldest child syndrome. I want to get A's. No, I, I, as well. Well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's where some of this comes from, but if I have like someone of authority or someone I see as an authority, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not even directed at me, I can sometimes just default to even though it doesn't align with my vision. It just makes me like, what if someone is giving you feedback? And it doesn't align with your vision. Is there a way to, I don't know, um, kind of release that a little bit better if it's, or is it, is it just the way of thinking about it as helpful or not helpful? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you can choose to receive feedback or not. Yeah. Right. So what, if someone asks your permission, like, let's be clear, you can say, no, you don't right. have to take feedback from people. And even when people tell you things, it's like, you don't have to receive it and do anything with it. Um, but even with that, I think I would start to get curious around, do I have a vision for something I'm not realizing? Like, do I have a vision to please people? Um, mm. Do I have a vision <laughs> to seek the approval of others? There may be visions there that aren't ones that I intend to set, but you know, if I'm living into that, even inadvertently, it's a vision, right? Until I decide to upgrade that and go, you know what? My vision is to do this instead of seeking the approval of everyone around me. You know, it's it's to actually impact people in this way and you know, whatever whatever it is to shift. So what comes up for us as we hear feedback can be really indicative of what's going on, which is, I mean, a great, a great reason why coaching is so powerful because that kind of stuff, it's hard to do surgery on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes 
having a space where we can actually hear those things and have a, a space to unpack them, what came up for you around it and, and notice, oh, you know, maybe there's an inadvertent vision that I haven't realized is there and, and do some of the shifts around that. Yes. I love that. It's so good. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. There are some visions happening that I'm not aware of. Right. So, so good. Thank you, Laura. So I'm excited. The people that are here live, we're going to workshop this with you. You're an incredible, incredible coach. Uh, and for those that are listening to the podcast, how can we connect with you? How can we, um, kind of receive some feedback, get some coaching, any of the things. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, so I think the best way to get a hold of me is Laura at Novus, N-O-V-U-S dot global. Um, And I work with such a fantastic team of coaches. So if you're interested in talking about this, exploring what you're capable of with a coach, Um, whether it's me or one of my colleagues, you know, I can connect you with people at a variety of different price points and, you know, personality fits and all that kind of stuff. So the the first thing I think would be reach out, email me, Laura at Novus.Global, and we can, um, we can see about connecting you with a coach. And then the other thing would be to check out our website, um, Novus.Global, um, and, and check that out. Yay. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. This was amazing. I had so many insights and I'm excited to continue to be challenged. And I want us all to, as we kind of move to our next thing to think about what was one thing, if we just had to pick one thing, what would it be that we are committed to trying or playing with? Absolutely. You've been well-trained in that department. I love it. Yeah. Every aha moment or every insight that we have, if we can push that into an action, um, we're much more likely to create change and momentum from those insights. Otherwise we get that hit of dopamine from having an insight, which actually inoculates us from taking action. And then we do nothing. So holding space to actually go ahead, take action. That's how you start creating change. Woohoo! I am excited making changes that we love to live with. You love to live with. It doesn't matter if my vision is different than yours. It should be different, right? So yay. I'm so excited. Thank you, Laura. You rock girl. Thanks. Thank you for listening to making changes. You love to live with. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free and share this with a friend. You never know when you could just make their day. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week.